Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hi, Ben. It's Carol here. Hi, this is Ben Mankiewicz. We spoke to a number of people while making this podcast, including quite a few celebrities. Turns out, no surprise, a lot of celebrities are huge Lucy fans. And I want to share some of the conversations I had with three extremely funny women. Carol Burnett, Kate Flannery, and Kate Micucci. All three were heavily influenced by Lucy. We'll begin with Carol Burnett, who was good friends with Lucy for many years. So I know you've talked a lot about Lucy and some of this, you'll be going over some stories that you've certainly told before, but you tell them really well. <laughs> uh, uh, but anyway, it's really nice to talk to you and I'm incredibly appreciative of you, uh, of you doing well, this. Thank absolutely, you. Absolutely, Ben. Thank you. What was the nature of your friendship? What was the glue that, that held your friendship together? Oh gosh, mutual admiration, but there was a love there too. She was very huggy. She wanted to hug a lot. And me too. I'm that way, you know. And um, she would laugh like crazy at anything I would do if it worked. (laughs) She was such a great audience and would love to listen to people and, you know, share conversations, of course, and everything. But she never tried to be the center of attention. We we were girlfriends. I, I don't know how to describe it. She was just one of my best friends. I think you were 18 when I Love Lucy came on the air. Do you have any memories of experiencing that? Not really, Ben, because I was going to UCLA, and I my hours were crazy. Plus, my grandmother and I, she raised me. We didn't have a television set. I never watched television that much. When I was growing up, it was the movies and listening to the radio. And so by the time I was going to UCLA... I had so many credits and I was the hours I was working and I was working part time to make some money. I, I hardly ever watched television in uh, in the 50s. When did you become aware of Lucy's brilliance as a comedian? I think probably when I saw it in reruns or something, I'd seen it and I can't pinpoint the date. But when I saw her do all the slapstick and the Pratt Falls, and she was fearless, and she didn't care how she looked either. I mean, there was times when she had a fright wig on and blacked out her teeth or something like that, you know? And I remember a couple of them that really stood out for me was the one when she was eating all the chocolates with Vivian Vance. That's a lot. I think this is... Uh, <laughs> stuffing her mouth full of chocolates. And then also the one where she stomped on the grapes. Then this big vat of grapes where she was barefoot and had that altercation with that other woman. 
well, she was just hysterical. And I thought, my God, you know, and she was still beautiful, but she was funny and funny as hell. So then May 12th, 1959. Oh, I remember that date. We had opened and I had a lead in an off-Broadway show called Once Upon a Mattress. I heard you had an opening for a princess. Any princess. I figured the early bird. And the critics were there and the critics were very kind. I was thrilled with what they said about the show and about me. And so I went to work the next night and I'm backstage getting ready for the show and I'm hearing all this kind of buzz coming out from the audience. And I made the mistake of going to the curtain and peeking through to look out into the audience. And right in the second row, there was this orange hair. And I I said, oh my God, it's Lucy. I was more nervous than I was the night before with all the critics there. Anyway, I got through the show and I had this funky little dressing room. There was an old couch there where the coil was sticking up through one of the cushions. And there was a knock at the door, and I opened the door, and there she was. And she said, "Uh, can I come in? I'd love to talk to you. Well, yeah. And she started to sit on the couch, and I wanted to warn her about the coil that was sticking up. She said, I see it. (laughs) Don't worry. She sat on, on the safer part of the couch and visited with me for close to a half hour. And she was so kind and supportive. And she actually had wanted to sign me to a contract, but I was already signed with a, an agency. And she said, well, good, that's terrific. And as she was leaving, she called me Kid. And on her way out, she said, Kid, if you ever need me for anything, don't hesitate, give me a call. And off she went. I guess when you met her in, in 1959, you're you're 26 years old. Yeah. You must have seen the show by then, even if you weren't a regular viewer, right? Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, that's why I was so nervous that she was in the audience. And then when, when she comes on to Carol Plus Two, first of all, I mean, you're, you're not even 30 years old then, and here you are on a show that's named for you, and your guests are Lucille Ball and Zero Mostel. I mean, for crying I out. was <laughs> I was gobsmacked, let me put it that way. <laughs> It was quite a thrill. Well, first, I would like to present a woman who has dazzled the world with her charm and talent, who has conquered every phase of show business, who is the first lady of television, and who wrote this introduction. (laughs) No, I'm kidding about that. Ladies and gentlemen, and this is the part I wrote. It is indeed my pleasure to present my own personal idol, Miss Lucille Ball. Ned Hyken wrote a sketch that was going to be with Lucy and Zero about where Zero is a shrink, a psychiatrist, and she's the patient who comes in and she has all these things that she's talking about her brother. I, I can't remember exactly, but it was very, very physical and over the top. And she read it. She said, you know, I don't think I can do this. And she looked at me, she said, would you do it instead? And of course, I'm not going to force her to do anything, you know, and I said, Okay, so she turned over that sketch to me. She wasn't competitive about stuff like that. Not at all. Not at all. Lucy, when I did her show, she let me be the really funny one. She was supporting me, you know, and she wasn't afraid to do that. Uh, Carol, uh, thank you so much. 
said that she likes singing songs. She wants you to accompany her. Come on, Carol. Well, what do you want to sing, honey? They wouldn't know anything I know. Oh, don't you worry about that. You just start the melody and we'll jump in. Anything. Go ahead. Go ahead, honey. Go ahead. Try a little more of that Italian water. I think that's what made those shows successful, because no one person tried to hog it all. There's enough to go around, and it only makes the show better the more your people shine. And that's the way Lucy felt. Obviously, she was good at being funny, but she was also a leader. Well, that's why those shows worked. You know, it was because of her. And it proved that she did not necessarily need to be working opposite Desi. You know, she had a very good rapport with Gail Gordon, and those shows were very funny. May I remind you once again that we are not on a first-name basis in this office. I will brook no familiarity. But, Harry, we're related. Stop rubbing it in! (laughs) And it couldn't have been easy, even if you're as powerful as Lucy was, to be a woman making the kind of demands in the 1960s. Well... I never saw her falter. She never couched any kind of criticism that she might have, but she was always truthful. Like she would say to the lighting guy, you know, hey, Ralph, what, what, what are you doing with that light up there? That's not working. And then he'd fix it and it would be right. And she'd say, Ralph, you're the best. That's perfect. Thanks, honey. So they never took any criticism personally because she, she just said it like that. It was nothing wanting to hurt anybody. So they realized that's who she was, and they, they would lie down and die for her. They loved her. Again, the show's called I Love Lucy. Uh, America loved Lucy, and they felt this connection to her. And here you are as a young comedian coming up, and you get this opportunity to, to have this woman become a, what sounds like a pretty significant part of your life. She was. She really took me under her wing, and I felt uh, every time I was with her, she just was so encouraging. And... When I started out, my grandmother and my mother were not encouraging. I remember I was getting ready to go to New York, and my kid sister came into the room where I was packing. And so they were down the hall talking about the fact that I was leaving to go to New York to be in show business. And my kid sister had heard them, and she came back, and I was packing, and she said, she called me Sissy. She said, Sissy? I said, what, honey? She said, what's a pipe dream? I don't know, maybe I'm being my own shrink here, but there might have been a little bit of a a mother thing that I had with Lucy. Here was this woman, the biggest star and the most famous woman in the country, telling you that uh, this was not a pipe dream. Right. I don't think you have to be a shrink to to recognize that was probably pretty important. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) I hadn't really put it into words before this. It's funny. Well, that'll be $300, Carol. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Ben. (laughs) Coming up, Kate Flannery, the star of the sitcom The Office, on what she learned from Lucy. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. 
Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I've had two men fight over me before. Usually it's over which one gets to hold the camcorder. Kate Flannery is best known for playing Meredith on the TV show The Office. And her interest in acting came from Lucille Ball. Kate grew up watching reruns of I Love Lucy, and like Lucy, Kate is a redhead. In what way, as you worked yourself into this business, did Lucille Ball inform what you did or what you thought was funny? Well, thank God Lucy was on every single day. And I Love Lucy, it still holds up. It's such a well-crafted, lovely use of, I mean, it's basically the template for the multicam sitcom. And it's done so much better than most of them. The writing, the acting, the relationships, the setup, the punchline. But there's moments that are so real, despite the wackiness and the crying and all that stuff. Lucy has this grounded thing that I think as the show went on and progressed, you really saw more and more. I mean, she she's uh, she will always be untouched. I mean, she's she was a master. She can make the simplest things brilliant. So you watched growing up when you were a kid? Every day, every day. And, you know, I seven kids. We only, okay, for a while we had like one TV that I was allowed to watch. You can't go in mom's room. And I would sneak. I mean, if they, if they were not watching I Love Lucy, then I somehow figured out a way to sneak in there and watch it. How old do you think you are when you sort of, when it registers, like, oh, I like this show? I really couldn't get to the TV fast enough by the time I was six. Everything about it was just this wonderful playground that they created that we felt like we were a member of. We felt like we were playing with them. That's very funny. Now come on out of there. I loved Lucy. We present that inimitable personality, that talented performer, that versatile entertainer, Lucy Ricardo. Ah! Ah! I mean, literally, I just, I just had a birthday, and my sister Joan sent me a Lucy birthday card. So it's somehow still in. Like, I don't have a lot of Lucy stuff around, but I, I have a few really great old books, and uh, yeah, I, I definitely was a Lucy kid. What was it about her? What was it about Lucy that made it? special. She wasn't just famous. She got famous and succeeded. She became the most famous woman in the world for a reason. I think she was willing to make herself less beautiful. She was a beautiful person, beautiful woman, beautiful woman. But there's something about her creating this character that was a wannabe who had no talent. But clearly she was the first woman to really be that audacious and just fearless and just go for it. I mean, no other woman before that. I mean, there were funny women, but she had a different thing. She had. She got to do all this physical comedy that was so well set up, and it never felt gratuitous. And she just kept heightening and heightening and heightening. And it would just, I mean, these moments that we'll never forget. And I, I, I just as a, as a woman, I was you know as a girl, I was like, oh my god, I can do that. You can do that. We're allowed to do that. Anything wrong, Mrs. Ricardo? My nose itches. <laughs> Your son certainly makes your skin soft. <laughs> I love physical comedy. One of my favorite things about being on The Office was that I felt like my character really got to... <laughs> I didn't talk that much because I got to do more physical stuff. And that was... I love being in that lane. That was fantastic. And I feel like Lucy's the one that paved that road, 
I mean, literally, she laid the gravel. She had the black top. She did the whole thing. I mean, she she even drew the white stripes down. I mean, she did the whole thing. She created that lane. What are the things about Lucy that sort of stand out to you that when you think of her, you think, oh, man, that was, you know, that's funny. Between the Lucy show and I Love Lucy and her movies, yours, mine, and ours, it's one of my favorite movies, one of my favorite performances of hers. It's, she's so real in a few of these scenes. She brings it down, and then she has a scene where her boyfriend's kids put booze in her drink and she doesn't know it and she proceeds to get drunk and there's a lazy Susan and she's trying to help one of the kids with her meal, like put food on her plate and she gets drunker and drunker and drunk. I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry. I don't know what's wrong with me. What a terrible thing to do. I'm sorry. <laughs> From start to finish, it is one of the most amazing arcs I've ever seen an actor do. It's such a rare thing that someone gives you that kind of a range in a movie and you buy it. You don't go, oh, this is... I mean, I lived on every word she said. Fair to say that she's incredibly underrated as an actor. Absolutely. And and her film career is so... It's such... She had such a long film career before she started I Love Lucy. And I felt like they were throwing a bunch of stuff against the wall with her and seeing what would stick. And really, it wasn't until TV that they, I think the world really got who, what she really did and, and how much they could trust her. Now, let's try it once. And remember, be bright and vivacious. Yes, sir. All right. Maury, if you ever look at the episode, the Vita Vita Benjamin episode, that's such a perfect example. She doesn't, she's doing a commercial spot for TV, which is live at the time. And she doesn't know that there's alcohol in the product that she's selling. And yet it's scripted that she's supposed to taste this product every take. It's so tasty too. And she proceeds to get more and more hammered. You know, this stuff tastes pretty good once you get used to it. Yes, I know. Now, would you go ahead, please? It's so tasty. The subtlety of it, the first... First time we realize that she's having an issue with it, instead of everything you need is in this little bottle. She flips this little bottle. Is in this little bottle. Uh, little bottle. <laughs> and she kind of does this, like, what happened? Like, And then all of a sudden, we're off to the races. So everybody get a bottle of this stuff. <laughs> Playing drunk funny, is it easy? It is not easy. And I, of course, played a different kind of drunk on The Office, but I love the way but it was that... Still, but it was funny. I mean, you were still, you were oh, playing it. Well, thank you so much. Thanks. <laughs> There's a physicality to your comedy. And red you hair. Have, and you have red hair. Like, it was not any more complicated than that. Well, thanks to Lucille Ball, it's a category for casting. And it's one I intend to keep as long as there's hair dye available. What, what does that mean, it's a, it's a, that it's a category for casting? If she's a redhead, it's it's a shorthand uh, for stage and screen. Like literally like a Lucille Ball type. Yeah, or just like, you know, she's the funny person if she's, you know, if she's got red hair. The plot thickens. We'll return right after this. Last summer, I spoke to another Kate, 
Kate Micucci. She's an actress, a musician, and a comedian. Kate Micucci grew up in the 80s, and from an early age, she obsessed over I Love Lucy. First, Kate, uh, give us a little background. Uh, who are you? What do you do? Uh, my name is Kate Micucci, and I am an actress and a musician, and I like to draw cartoons, and I am one half of the duo, uh, the comedy duo Garfunkel and Oates, where we sing dirty songs. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, I, I guess I do a lot of things. <laughs> so you're, a, you know, you're a, a working comedian in, in Los Angeles, a, a television, a movies, all of it, uh, uh, live. What, what drew you to Lucy? I honestly don't know. I don't remember the first time. I it, I think I was just too young to remember watching my first episode of I Love Lucy. So I, it just has been a part of me for forever, you know, and they used to air it from nine o'clock to 10 o'clock every morning. And I watched it in the summer religiously. And then my grandma, one year for my birthday, she just decided to like tape. So I had a huge like big box of VHSs with all the commercials cut out of them. And she had carefully watched, uh, recorded appropriately. And it was a, this one of the sweetest gifts I've ever been given. But I, I just always was obsessed with the show. And I was so, so little that I thought that Lucy's name was I Love Lucy. So <laughs> whenever I would talk about her, I'd be like, and I Love Lucy did this. And I Love <laughs> Lucy then went to the kitchen. And, uh, but I was little, I was, I was drawn to it at such a young age. What do you think it was about Lucy that drew in a five, six, seven-year-old little girl? You know, I mean, it's, gosh, that feels to be like a complicated question because it's just like, there's so much, but I guess I can try to tackle it. Her timing, her her movements, her it's just so perfect. She's got that down in a way that like a look, a, a tiny little movement means so much, you know, and it's like, I think as a little kid watching it, I was just drawn to this this woman. I get that as a kid, I think we know the answer. She was funny. She made funny sounds. Yeah. She was broad. Yeah, right? She made noises. That was great. Lucy impersonation on my part. I know I crushed it. Um, I take your silent compliment. <laughs> so now looking at her as a performer, what do you see? What stands out? The straight people that are around her. I mean... Desi Arnaz is incredible. He is so funny and he's so just earnest in those eyes. But of course, everybody on the show is doing just a perfect job. And it's just such a joy to watch. And as a little kid, you don't realize why it's working or why, you know, it, like you were saying, it's just, it's funny. What's the matter? What you standing up for? Because two gorgeous ladies entered the room. They did? Where? <laughs> they mean us. Oh, you great big Latin lover, you. Ah, you sweet, handsome man, you. You gorgeous, exciting woman, you. I pass. I remember even as a young kid listening to the audience, and I think that's one of the great things about I Love Lucy. You can sometimes hear words, you know, the the crowd, the... You know, they're laughing, but you can hear an oh no or something once in a while. And uh, it's just wild to hear that. And it makes you laugh. I actually just was watching it with my one and a half year old and nothing keeps his attention except for this one kid show. And he's watching out of Lucy with me. And whenever he would hear the laugh track, he would laugh and he'd put his hand up to his face. And I was so happy because I was like, yes, he's got it in him. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> but but yeah, I, I just think that 
she's she really is just a perfect comedy genius. Creating great comedy like they did, like she did on I Love Lucy is not, you don't just come in and wing it. No, I don't think you can. I mean, no. And that's the thing that they do so well is they make it look like it's all just happening naturally. I think knowing that they wanted a studio audience, mainly because of, you know, knowing how Lucy, how she worked and she would, you know, thrive with an audience. And, you know, so they knew they needed to do that. And they knew that figuring out those three cameras like changed everything. It's it's just incredible to think that we're basically doing a, the same thing today, you know? Right. Um, 70 years later. Yeah. So is it fair to say that Lucy has influenced your comedy, your career? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how she couldn't. And it's not that I've specifically studied episodes and gone, okay, I'm going to do this or that. Like, I've never looked at it like that. I just, I love those show those episodes so much. I love, I love Lucy. And it's just kind of been in me forever. And actually I have a funny story. So maybe my third job ever I was doing a show called Corey in the House for Disney, and I was playing a girl that worked at the Cheese in a Cup store in the mall. And I was just so stoked. I couldn't believe I was getting, you know, to work on a, you know, we're at the Hollywood Center Studios. There's a bunch of sound stages. And I had read that this was where, you know, they shot I Love Lucy. Seasons one and two were there. And so I said, oh, can I can I go see the Lucy stage? And it was like this magical thing. We were we had a lunch break. I had time before we were going to shoot. And so I went over there and I was just kind of wandering around and I went to open the door and it was locked. And this man came up to me, this older man on a tricycle, like a, 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 a grown up tricycle. And he goes, oh, you want to see the Lucy stage? And I was like, yeah, actually I do. And he's like, oh, okay. And he gets this whole ring of keys and he's, you know, clearly got a key to every everything in the whole lot. And he opens up the stage for me and he opens this big door and he goes, go on in. He goes... Uh, and I hear him flip all these lights. He goes, it'll take a little while for the lights to warm up and you can see yourself out. So I just walk into this dark soundstage and like one by one, the lights are like pop, pop, pop. And I'm standing there and it smells like my grandma's house. It, it smells old. And I literally start crying because I was like, this is this is it. This is where it began. And um, it was just that between that and the lights, it was this really cool moment for me. And I was just starting out. And I remember saying like a little prayer, like, okay, well, I I hope my cheese in a cup scenes go well. (laughs) And, um, you know, I kind of just took my time in there and then I I let myself out. There aren't uh, many places uh, in the world where it's okay to follow a grown man on a tricycle. <laughs> a, a, a Hollywood soundstage, you probably... Sure, yeah. yeah. Why not? You're okay. <laughs> totally. Um, why does she still resonate? Why does she still matter to people in comedy? I hesitate to use the word pioneer because it sounds cheesy, but she really was. She created, along with Desi, like, they created what is still, like what we were saying, the sitcom, it still exists. I don't know that her personal life was truly... People didn't know the real Lucy, but just the idea that like when she was having a baby, America knew that she was having a baby. And on that day, it just happened that that episode aired. And luckily she had a boy just like, you know, in the show, which was planned. And like, it's just that the whole country got to experience this woman's life. It's real. It's real emotions. Like that episode where she tells Ricky she is having a baby and and they're crying. And I mean, it's one of the most beautiful things that's ever been on television. Honey, 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 no. Yes. Really? Yes. Why didn't you tell me? Why well, you didn't give me a chance? Are you kidding? No. It's cr- me. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. 
Have you ever uh, thought in a part or a scene in a part, like, oh, I'm going to channel a little Lucio. I'm pulling a little, this is a Lucy move. Um, I, I guess I, I don't think I've ever totally done that. You know, I'm having it, just remembering another weird one, super weird. And I don't know. I, I don't like psychics. They kind of freak me out. But I was at a party and a psychic showed up and she was like doing her thing. And um, I was like, oh, no, no, I don't do that. And then the host of the party is like, no, you got to do it. Come on. She doesn't tell you anything bad. Just come on. So I sit down for the psychic and she said, I can't remember. Now you'd think I'd remember. It was something about Lucy being proud of me. And I was like, what? And she's like, Lucy's proud of you. And she likes your white shoes. <laughs> and I was like, I just that day had bought white shoes and they got. And so I was I wasn't wearing them. They were home. So I was like, how does she know about the white shoes? One. And then she was telling me that Lucy was proud of me, meaning Lucy Ball. Um, so that was kind of weird. But it's I, too, I it's, what do you mean? Kind of weird. It's incredibly weird. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That's weird. I mean, that day. Right. I yeah. mean, everybody has white shoes, but you'd bought white shoes. So that Lu- day. Lucy's proud of you and she really likes your white shoes. Right. <laughs> totally. I remember the day she passed away, my mom was afraid to tell me, and I was at a softball game. I was a terrible softball player out in the outfield in third grade, and everybody in school knew how much I loved I Love Lucy, and I remember this girl going, you hear about Lucy? And I was like, what? And she said, she died. And I was like, no, she didn't, because I thought, oh, my mom would tell me. And then I just started crying, and I I got in the car, and I was like, did Lucy die? And and. My mom's like, yeah, I didn't want to tell you. <laughs> I'll never forget that, though. Um, but, you know, I loved the show so much that even all the kids on my baseball team knew I loved it. <laughs> that story should get told. Thanks, Kate. If you're enjoying the plot, Thickens, why not leave us a review or tell a friend? Or, better yet, do both. For more about Lucy, check out our website, tcm.com slash theplotthickens. That's tcm.com slash theplotthickens.